Hey, what's going on, everybody? Come on. Welcome to C Centerpoint. I almost said CP Youth. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. So glad that you guys are here today. Uh, listen, if it is your first time, your, your second time, or your third time uh, returning back, can we just honor our returning guests that are here with us today? We're so glad. Come on. No, we could do better than that. We're so glad that you're here. If you're out in the patio, we want to say welcome as well. And um, I want to introduce myself. My name is James. I'm the youth pastor here at this church. And uh, I, I'm just excited for this morning because I just, I just know that God has an assignment this morning. Does anybody believe that God's on an assignment this morning? God's got a word for you this morning. You, you didn't just come to church. You came to have an encounter with God today. And, uh, and so that's why we, we, we get so excited as preachers because we've been with God all week preparing for this moment. And, uh, and so I'm just excited because we're in a series called Rewritten. And, um, and I have the opportunity of carrying the baton for week three. Thank you, Pastor John, for the opportunity to do this. It's such an honor to be up here. Can we honor our pastors as well? Just we love you. We're so honored for you. And um, just excited. Uh, Nudge your neighbor real quick. Just give them a quick nudge. Don't assault them. Just a nudge. And, uh, and tell them, pay attention this morning. Um, that's good. Okay. Now tell them the title of my message. It's time. It's time. Now look at the other person that you're scared to nudge and tell them it's time. It's time. Ooh, I'm so excited this morning. It's time. Um, Speaking of it's time, um, my wife and I decided that it's time, and so we have an announcement to make. I'm about to be a dad, somebody. Woo! Yeah. I'm so excited. You know, you know what's also exciting about this is, is four years ago, we didn't even think that we could have a baby. Um, because my wife was sick with an uncurable disease. But even though the doctor's report said one thing, our God is still faithful. My God is still able. And so I dance on top of this thing because, because God made a way where there was no way. And so I'm just excited uh, to be a dad this November. And, um, yeah, so pray for me when you think of me because I have no idea what I'm doing. It's going to be great. I refuse to write any uh, parenting books until they're at least 30 to make sure they turn out okay. And... And then you can expect those for your teenagers. But they'll be adults by then. So, um, yeah, excited. Uh, we're going to get into the Word today. Anybody bring a Bible with them? Any, anybody got a, a paper Bible with them? Come on. I always celebrate paper Bibles. There's just something about it when it's just your notes. You know, when it, it's, you turn the page on it, it it's almost prophetic because it's like I'm turning the page on this season of my life. I, I'm turning the page. I'm, I'm not just going to stay stuck like it is in the story. I'm going to turn the page. And if, you're, and if your iPad or your, your phone dies, then, then I just don't think the Word of God should die. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, if you brought a paperback vintage Bible from the thrift store that has somebody else's notes in it, I celebrate you. Um, we're going to be in John chapter 5 today. John 5, so you can flick there or get there some way. And uh, John's in the New Testament in case you don't go to church very often. And um, yeah, John 5. Let me set it up for you while we're, we're churning there. Uh, John chapter 5 is this amazing story because um, Jesus has now left uh, Judea and is on his way to Galilee. He's, he's a Jew, and so he's going to a Jewish festival. Some think that it was uh, the, the, the Feast of the Tabernacle or, or, or some other Passover feast. And so the amazing part about this is that Jesus is, is approaching the temple 
and attach the, the temple just to the northeast. If you've ever go to Israel, if you haven't been there, I'm explaining it to you. To the northeast of the building is these pools. There's two pools. There's an upper pool and a lower pool. And, and in these pools, uh, there used to be a pool where they would do the ceremonial washing. Um, but now this pool has become a place where um, people believe, there was a rumor going around that people believe that, that if the waters were troubled, if the waters were stirred up, that, that there was miracles, that healing power was in these waters. And, and so people from all over would come together. They would congregate at this place and they would wait. It's, it's a message on timing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they believe that, this is what they said. They said that that they believed that the waters would stir up because an angel would touch the water. And if an angel touched the water, the first person to step into the water was healed. And so we don't know if there was an earthquake every once in a while. We don't know. Maybe it was an angel, right? We don't know because it's only recorded in John's gospel. In fact, verse 4 isn't even in most translations unless you, uh, you, you go to some of the newer versions of the NIV or the NLT and you'll see verse 4 added. It has kind of like an asterisk next to it. It doesn't mean that it loses its authority. It just means that it was added later uh, to give you context. And so... Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 5 today. We're going to read some verses um, from God's word, and then we're going to pray. We're going to get into the word today. You guys there? Shout at me if you're there. All right. Come on. John chapter 5. Here we go. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. Everybody shout, used to lie. Yeah. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And they waited for the moving of the water. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in that condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool, and the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you, Lord, that right now this time is dedicated to you. Right now, we refuse to be distracted. We refuse to be on our phones for different reasons. We refuse to think about what we're going to put in our stomachs for lunch. Right now, we turn our attention to you. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to us. God, as I've been drawing near to you and as I focus my attention on you, where I end and you begin, would it be untraceable that you would speak, Lord, to your people right now. Speak, God. We want an encounter with you in this moment. We didn't just want to come to the church. We wanted to be with you. And so, Lord, I pray for each person who's stuck, for each person who feels like they're less than, for each person who's struggling through something, both physical and spiritual, I pray that there would be breakthrough today, that we would leave this place better than the way that we walked in. It is to your name and your name, to God be the glory. Everybody said, amen, amen. So one more time, shout at me, it's time. It's time. So I want to tell you about one of my favorite times of the year. Um, it's the month that I'm having a baby. It's in November, and not because it's my birthday as well, but also because one of my favorite 
things that only happens once a year comes on that day, it's Black Friday. Um, I am a competitive, I am a planner, I am a planner, I am strategic, I am calculated. I plan out my attacks. I know my destinations. They are in route. I will be out all hours of the night. If you run into me, I will be in sweatpants. I will be with you and probably not pray for you because I'm on my way on an assignment sent by God. Okay. Um, and so on Black Fridays, you know, it's that time of the year where, where everybody starts to uh, get a little bit crazy, a little bit, you know, because there's some gifts, some things that you know that you got to get under the tree, you know, uh, next month. And, and, uh, or it's a time where, you know, you, you help other people who are in need. And, and I'm just excited because during this time period, um, two years ago, I had decided I was going to finally invest in getting uh, a Levi jean jacket. Uh, it was one of the ones that had like the fur on it. Anybody ever have one of those growing up? Any, anybody? They're like a timeless piece, okay? I love clothes. You can tell. I always have a different outfit every time you see me. Um, and, and two years ago, I decided I'm going to get one, but I just couldn't justify paying the price tag of it you know, unless it was on sale. You know what I'm saying? Like us men, you know, we're like, I, I just can't, I can't justify paying that. You know, maybe, maybe, I just can't. Maybe I'll get a knockoff version. And if I really wanted to, I, I could have gone uh, maybe to Forever 21, not shouting out or down at that place, but, or just a different place, you know, to get a knockoff version of the real thing. I'm already preaching. You don't even realize it. But, but, but at Black Friday, the, the business owners, they have to get rid of the old inventory, because they know that something better is coming in. And, and so when there's a new season approaching, they will always mark down the value of something because they want to get rid of it. And, and so I know it's, there's a window, there's a time when I can come and get the item that I've been wanting for such a long time. And so if I'm willing to wait for it, I can pay the cost for it. And, and so I know that if I really desperately wanted to get that jean jacket, I really could have gone and probably got it for, for a quarter of the price, right? I could have gotten a knockoff version. And maybe you're standing here, and, and I'm going to wheel, wheel this over here for you guys so you could see it. Maybe you can't even tell from a distance which one's the counterfeit. Now, now you're touching your husband. You're like, which one do you think it is? I, I, I bet it's, it's going to drive you nuts. I know. You can't tell. Um, but... But I, I could tell you that if you, if you felt it, it might feel the same. It might look the same. You might even be able to put it on and, and it feels like the real thing. But, but when you really need it to do what it's supposed to do, when, when you're actually cold and you need it to come through, it can't come through the same way because it wasn't made the same way. See, it's a counterfeit. But, but I know, an expert knows that when you look at this, you, you can know the real thing from the fraud thing. You can know a counterfeit because you've experienced the real thing before. See, see, I know that this one was the real one. You're like, dang it, you're buying lunch. Uh, I know that this one is the real one because I've put it on before. I've worn it before. I, I've experienced the real thing from the counterfeit. And, and God was speaking to me through this, this text, and he was sharing with me, you have to teach the people today the difference between a counterfeit and the real thing. Because if, if they don't, they'll focus and they'll, they'll get stuck for 38 years expecting something to do that it can't do. 
They'll, they'll wait on something to come through in a time of need, but it can't. See, see, it, it can't bring you the peace like he can bring you. It can't bring you the joy like he can. It, it can't bring you the satisfaction like he can. But once you've tasted and seen how good he is, you never go back to the things of this world. Do you understand what I'm saying? You won't go back for a counterfeit because you've had an encounter. And so this, this message is about exposing a, a counterfeit. Say again, it's time. Okay. The first thing I want you to write down, I'm going to give you a few things is this. It's time to turn the page. You see, if we're going to be talking about rewritten, then I had to pick a passage of scripture where I felt like the story would have been different unless Jesus came into the picture. Do you ever remember where you were before you found Jesus? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Paul talks to the church and he says, Dear brothers and sisters, remember where you were when he called you. Re- remember where you were when he called you. And, and, and I, just, I just think that this message is for all of us because either you have not found him or you have found him, but both of us can identify that either we're in a place where we need him or we once were in a place where we desperately needed him. And so I just think that maybe I just need four or five people to praise God for a second for what God brought you out of, that you were drunken out of your mind, your, your marriage was falling apart, you were, t- you were depending on things that you didn't need, but God came through in a way that only he could. When a counterfeit wouldn't work for you, God stepped into the picture and he rewrote the story. Because, see, if you don't have God, you'll write your own narrative. But he's the editor, so he has editorial rights. And so he can look at the script and say, this isn't the way that your destiny is supposed to unfold. Before I lock this in, I'm going to have to rewrite this and turn the page. Tell somebody it's time to turn the page. See, in this story, there's, there's this pool, this pool that is located in a place called the Pool of Bethesda. Bethesda in the Greek means house of mercy. And there's a, there's, there's a great multitude of sick people that are coming to the house of mercy. See, that's a word right there because some of you feel like you're not worthy enough to come into the house of mercy. But, but great multitudes of people came back then and God is saying, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are welcome to be in my presence in this house because this is a house of mercy, is it not? And so there's this pool and there's these sick people that are waiting there. You have five porches or five colonnades there there's the lame that are there there's the blind that are there there's those with infirmities those with sickness maybe even those with leprosy there's different multitudes of people that are waiting for a moment of time do you understand this is a message on time because they believed remember what verse 4 said that if the waters move the first person to get in would be healed so you had to be in the right place at the right time and the right person close enough to step in to the water. And if you were the first person to get in, you might walk away healed. So there was enough hope in a counterfeit that people would waste 38 years of their life waiting for something to do, something that it couldn't actually do. See, I think about this because I think if it really could do it, would he really been there for 38 years? 
at what point would you change your approach? At what point would you say, drop me off closer to the pool? At, at what point would you say, you're going to help me get in the water? At point, what point would you, would you block everybody else from getting in the water so you could get in the water first? I, I just wonder if there's anybody else who's, who's selfish like I am. I, I would have gotten in the water uh, probably the first week if it really could do that. But the reason why they wanted to get into the water so bad is because they wanted to get into the temple. And if you had a sickness, it was, they thought it was because of sin. You know, and in fact, Jesus, past verse 9, if you keep reading the story further on, you, you'll discover that he says, uh, uh, walk away unless something worse happens for you because of sin. And so some, I know it's in the red letters. That's crazy, right? Like Jesus actually said something savage like that. So, so I, I just, I just want to make that a point that some of them had been stuck there for so long and they, and they really felt that it was a root because of sin that they were disabled. They, were, they had a condition. They, they, they were limited. They, they could not move forward. They could not come into his presence. But I'm so thankful that the veil was torn. I'm so thankful that, that we have access. We have access to God today. And, and so I love this story because there's a man who has been doing the same thing for 38 years. He's been stuck waiting for his moment, waiting for a special moment of time. He wants the narrative to change. He wants the page to change. He, he wants to step into his next. He couldn't live a normal life because of his sickness. He, he, he couldn't have what we have because of a condition. So he wanted desperately to, to, for this to change. He waited there for 38 years. The man was paralyzed, some par, uh, translations will tell you. So that tells me that either you were drawn there or you were sent there. Have you ever felt like you were sent to a place because of somebody else? And he finds himself stuck in this place because people carried him there. And he's waiting. And, and if there was a mat right here, I, I would say that this man waited by the pool. Every single day he would get dropped off. And he would just say, all right, friends, thank you for dropping me off. Um, you don't need to pick me up because the water's going to stir today and I'm just going to walk home. It, it's cool, you know, I, I'm good. No, I'm good. Yeah, actually, you know, can you put me a little bit closer just so I got like a little bit of an advantage? I feel like today's my day. I feel like today, th this, is, this is how deep I get in the word sometimes, guys. I, I picture myself in the story. I, I'm like, no, it's cool. Like, you know, I'll, I'll catch you at the theater later. I'm going to wait here because, you know, the water's going to move. And I got to get in because if the waters move, I'll move. If it stirs, I'll step. If he comes down, I'm coming up. So I'm just going to wait here because I believe that today's my day. And so he would get dropped off. And at what point do you become frustrated? At what point do you become irritated because your yesterday looks like today? At what point does disappointment start to settle in because you realize so many people have this rumor going around that people get set free waiting here by this water, but I've never actually seen anybody get out. I mean, at what point? It's one thing if you're going to be stuck, but if I'm going to have a problem, I want to be alone about it. I don't know if, if you're anything like me. Some of us, we like to tell everybody our problems, and some of us don't like to share anything. You know, we're, we're very reserved and isolated sometimes. And so if I'm going to have an issue, I, I, I just don't want to watch somebody else step into something that I can't get into. And so this man, you know, he waits there by the water, and, and he's, he's waiting, and he's looking at it. And I just, I just thought about how deep this is. Can I go deep for a second with you? 
can you imagine the internal conflict this would have on him? Um, that his legs are crippled, but this is beginning to cripple his heart because he's looking at something that he can't step into that he's seeing other people step into. Have you ever felt like you should have been farther along by now and you've seen other people pass you by? You've seen other people step into that thing that you wish you could step into. And, and he could see it, but he can't get into it. God, if I could talk about just destiny for a couple minutes with you, that, that, that you've been waiting for something, but you've been relying on a counterfeit. And I just think that God wants to expose the counterfeit this morning because he wants to show you the real thing. If you really want to step into your next, if you really want to turn the page, then you got to invite him into your story. Because the, it says in this passage of scripture that the man was there for 38 years. Now, Jesus enters the story. And when Jesus enters the story, I, I just can't help myself but get excited can you feel it in the atmosphere right now? It, it, Jesus comes into the story. It says that Jesus came to the pool. And I, as a preacher, I, I, I geek out on these kind of things because when I thought of this, I thought about the fact that the pool came down to the pool. <laughs> the living water came down to the counterfeit water. Everybody's waiting on a healing and the healer comes into the room. And, and Jesus comes into the story. The man had been there and probably would have been there another 38 years had Jesus not stepped in. But Jesus heard the man's cries. Jesus saw the struggle. This is the perks of being God. Uh, he didn't know the man, but yet he knew the man's story. He, he was older than him. Think about it. He had been sick for 38 years. Who knows how old this man was? But yet Jesus, because he's fully God and fully man, could see, wow, you've been here for 38 years. And he sees into his story, he, he steps in and, and he approaches the man. And I just picture that Jesus would be walking up to this man and he says, I got one question for you. And the man can't look him in the eyes because the man, he's too focused looking at this counterfeit. See, that's what a counterfeit will do. A counterfeit will get you to try to not focus on the real thing. It'll say, put your attention on me. Focus on me. If you, if you take your eyes off of me, you'll miss it. You won't be satisfied. You won't get what you want out of it. You, you got to give everything you got to me. And so the counterfeit, is the water is talking to him. I want you to understand that. It, 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 it couldn't talk, but it was. It was pulling him. It had his attention on him. It was saying, don't, don't take your eyes off of me because somebody else could get your moment. And so this man is talking to the real living water, but he's not looking at it. He's looking at the counterfeit water. Because he, the, you could tell because the verse says, he replies and he says, sir, he calls him sir. He, he doesn't call him Jesus. He doesn't call him Messiah. He doesn't call him his healer, his breakthrough, his moment, because he's focused on this water. And see, that's what will happen is, if you're not careful, you'll focus on the wrong thing and you'll miss your moment. And so Jesus said, would you like to be made well? And the guy's response is so crazy. I, I want you to think about this for a second. His response is not, yes, of course. Like, on what planet are you from, man? Like, like, like he, if you go back and you read it, you, you see that the man says to him, he, he gives him every excuse except for yes. Did you know that there's responsibilities that come with your healing? 
Did you know that if you've been broken for long enough, you'll get comfortable that way and you'll make excuses rather than actually moving forward? See, see, this is what happens is because when Jesus says, would you like to be made well, the word well can be translated in the Greek as whole. Would you like to be made whole today? He's saying, I, I know you've been here for 38 years because I've read your story. Every page is the same thing. You get dropped off, you're stuck, you leave disappointed. You get dropped off, you're stuck, you leave disappointed. You get dropped off, you're stuck, you leave disappointed. You started with hope, but, but now you're hopeless. You, you started with faith, but now you have fear. You, you started with success, but now you're leaving with struggle. You, I, I see the same thing in your narrative, and it's all going downhill. And so I just want to know, are you ready to turn the page? Are, are you ready to step into your next? Are, are you ready? to be made whole today and, and so he asks the man but the man responds and he, he gives him an excuse he, he, he says to him you didn't know my voice could get up that high he he, he says to him I, I want you to look at it we're going to go back to uh, uh verse seven he said sir the invalider re replied he said i have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred he said again he said i have no one to help me, you ever tried to play the no one card with God? Oh, I would have been farther along by now, but, but nobody ever believed in me. I, I probably wouldn't be acting this way, but you know, my father was never around. I, I never had nobody. No, no one ever showed up. No one ever told me my worth. No one ever came through when I needed them. No one actually followed up on what they said that they would do for me. And so I'm only here because nobody ever helped me. The man's saying, I'm only been here this long. I'm only stuck because nobody else is helping me into the water. Don't you understand that everybody else around me is against me? See, when you surround yourself with people that are as limited as you, they'll compete with you. But if you surround yourself with people that are better than you, they'll complete you. See, there's a tension because the man is surrounded by people that want something as bad as he does. And so nobody else is helping him into the water. And no one dared go into that water area or that pool because of the sickness. And so there's actually no one actually there to help him into the water. And so Jesus said, would you like to be made well today? Would you like to be whole today? And he, he gives him the excuse. Well, I, you don't understand because I can't because it, I would, but no one's ever been there to help me. And, and he's playing these excuses with God and you know, and then the second thing that he says to him is he says, every single time I try to step into the water, someone else always goes in ahead of me. And so, don't you understand, Jesus? I, I, I just want to role play with you for a second. Don't you understand, Jesus? Of course I want to be made well. I've been here for 38 years. Don't you know what this costs me? Don't, don't you know how long I've been stuck? Don't you know my story? I thought that you know everything. Why are you asking me a foolish question like this? Of course I want to be made well. I've been here for 38 years. There's nothing else that I've thought about. Every single year I go back to that memory. Every single year I go back to that moment. Of course I want to be made well. And God is saying to this man, if so, then why are you still here? If you really want to be made well, then why are you still on your mat? Why haven't you gotten in the water yet? If you think that this water can heal you, why haven't you moved? Because sometimes when we are so sick, sometimes when we have such a big problem, we just get comfortable with it. We just say, you know, I'm just going to stay on the mat now. At what point did this man stop trying to get in this water? Not saying that the water could actually heal him, but at what point did he just say, I'm just going to be comfortable here? You know, these are my people. 
You know, we're, you know if we're going to be sick, let's all be sick together. You know, if we're going to be all employed, let's all be unemployed together. You know, if we're all going to be single, let's all be single together. But the moment that somebody else steps into that thing that you wanted, that's when all the haters come out. Ask all the single women. Soon as your, your friend got engaged, all the hating started coming out. You understand what I'm saying? They're like, oh, but he's not no good for her. And, and you know, I, you should, she was a ratchet. You should have seen what happened back in the day. You know, and, and they'll, they'll start hating because somebody else is stepping into something that they want to get into. And because they're in competition with each other. And so this man, he, he's making excuses instead of just saying, yes, heal me. Yes, make me whole. I want to, instead he makes the excuse. The second thing I want you to write down is this, it's time to make a decision. It's time to make a decision. This is important because the man had a moment where the healer was standing in front of him. The, the pools of living water were right in front of him. And, and, and he had to decide, he had to make a decision because when he made an excuse, can I go deep for a second? What, can we go deeper over here for a second? Okay. I don't know why I asked. Of course I'm going to go deeper every time. It's just what I do. And so he asks him, he, he says, uh, would you like to be made well? And the man's response is, I can't because somebody always goes in before me. And he's blaming the fact that he's stuck on somebody else. And, and how often do we do that when we have a great burden on us that we cast we cast the blame onto somebody else. Oh, I'm only like this because my daddy was never around. Oh, I'm only, I only behave like this, you know, be, be, because my, uh, she said that thing about me. You know, I, I, I only don't try in school because my teacher said that I was dumb when I was in the first grade. Uh, you know, I, I only, um, you know, I only sleep around like this because, you know, I was taken advantage of when I was younger. And we have a generation today that says, oh, I can understand your hurt. Oh, I, I can understand why you're like, don't, don't respond. Don't get all angry. He's just an angry guy because of something that happened to him when he, when he was younger. And God is saying, no, listen, we can make excuses all day long or you can choose to make a decision. Are you waiting on a moment or are you going to make a decision? Are you ready to get up? Are you ready to leave this place? I'm just wondering because, you know, this... This man made an excuse and he said, you know, it happened in a moment and somebody took advantage of me. And I just, I just wondering, you know, if you've been stuck for 38 years because of something that happened to you when you were 12. I'm just wondering if there's anybody in the room that, that you've, you've been stuck this long because of what some woman said to you at some other church and, and now you just barely come to church and now you just barely pray and now you don't even believe in God because of something that somebody said about you and did to you. Let me make it plain for you. They probably don't even understand or even know that they hurt you. And, and that guy that might have taken advantage of you, he might already have had two marriages by now, okay? So the, 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 the fact that you've chose to be stuck because of somebody else, I just want to know, are they really worth it? Are, are they really worth that much? Because you think you're punishing them because you choose to stay stuck. Oh, I'm just not going to go to the family gatherings. No, the Christmas this year, no, I'm not coming. Thanksgiving is coming around, I'm not going to be there. 
Oh, oh, my niece, I'm not going to show up for her birthday. You know, because we have family tension and there's problems right now. Oh, uh, you know, I used to be a youth leader, but I can't celebrate that kid who's becoming a pastor because I still have problems with the, the pastor who, who works there. Oh, I, I can't park on that side of the parking lot because I want to avoid that person. And so I, I choose to go to a different service now because we got issues. I just want to know, are they really worth it? Are, are they really worth it? Because by now you could have written an album. By, by now, you, you could have had the family that you always wanted. By now, you, you could have started that nonprofit. But you chose to stay stuck. Understand that you're not hurting anybody other than yourself by staying there. They're not worth it. I don't care what she said about you. I don't care how many people took advantage of you. They're not worth 38 years of your entire life. Don't let a moment to find your trajectory. Don't let one little line in a chapter of your story say, well, I'm just going to be this way the rest of my life. No, you got to turn the page. No, you got to make a decision. No, you got to move on from that. I know what they did wasn't good and it wasn't right, but you got to turn the page. Don't reflect back on that chapter. Don't stay there. Don't blame that the fact that you're stuck because of somebody else. It's time to turn the page. It's time to make a decision. And I love that Jesus, he, he doesn't just lay down on the mat with the guy and just say, well, I'm the good shepherd, so I'm just going to lay here with you however long you want to stay, you know, at playing the victim card. It's cool, you know, I, I get it, everybody else around you says that it's fine that you just keep behaving like this and you just keep going back to the bottle and you just keep hitting walls and you know you keep going 100 on the freeway because you're angry and you know, it, it's cool, we can understand. Jesus doesn't say that. Je Jesus is a better pastor than most of us because, but you know what he does? He, he, he says, no, I'm not gonna just medicate your pain. It's time for you to get up, pick up your mat and walk away from this thing. You've been here way too long. You've been stuck down, beaten down and you've been just taken advantage of. And so it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to pick up your mat. It's time for you to walk away. And so the third thing I want you to do is, it's, is write down is it's time to, to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to, to move on. I, I'm not belittling whatever it is that you've gone through. You know, your, your feelings are valid. The, the things that happened to you, I understand that they are difficult. But, but God has a way of writing stories that he wants you to live a glorious life. He, he doesn't want you to stay broken. Understand that God loved you when you were broken, but he doesn't love you broken. God wants you to be free. God wants you to move on. God wants to change this, the narrative. God wants to look at your story and say, I don't like this, this narrative, the way this is going. You're headed for destruction. You, you've been stuck in the mire of your sin. You, 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 you were a fool then, but, but I called you. I found you. I brought you out of it. It's time to turn the page. Is there anybody in the room that remembers where you were before you were called when God found you and he saved you and he set you free? And for those of us who are sitting in the service that you haven't experienced that, today is your day because God is saying, it's time for you to get up. I know punishment. I know, I know that there is some pain. I know that there's some de depression, anxiety some fear, some, some real life struggles that are trying to weigh you down, but you gotta brush it off of you. Don't wait for a moment. Understand that we have four services a weekend. That's 230 services a year. You don't need another moment. You just need to make a decision. Don't wait for another service. If you got things that you gotta deal with, make a decision. Don't wait on a counterfeit to fix the problem. We have a generation of people 
that are believing that counterfeits, like drugs and alcohol, that believe that money, that believe that material things, that believe that success and platforms and the spotlight is going to, to deal with the pain and the issue. And so they're staring at a counterfeit and God is saying, it's time to wake up. Don't you understand that this generation needs leaders? This generation needs people to, to say, listen, money can't buy you happiness. M money can't bring you joy like he can. Money can't bring you peace like he can. Money can't bring you security like he can. No matter how many compliments you get, it will never bring confidence. Only he can. Only God can. And so this man, he decides, okay, I'm going to get up. And so he gets up and his legs become strong. And I just wonder how many people around the pool were witnessing this man get up. Because he wasn't in the water. He just begins to get up and the people are like, OMG. I just wonder how many people flooded over to Jesus. Because, you know, verse 3 and verse 4 says that there was a pool where the sick and the blind and the lame used to lay. Because when God comes in, he cleans house. But only for those who are willing to get up. See, some of us, we like staying down because we're comfortable. Some of us like staying broken because it just fits our, our mold. And, and, you know, Jesus is saying it's time to get up. And I started thinking about this. Why did Jesus say, get up, pick up your mat, and walk? Why didn't he just say, get up and walk? Why, why the, the pick up your mat part? Why is that so important? And, and then God began to speak to me and he said, do you know how many times I answer people's prayers and I show up in services and I break chains and I set people free and, and, I, and, I, and they believe in me in that moment and they leave that place free, but because they never remove their mat, they go right back to it. Do you know how many times they, they prayed for a moment and I've given them the moment and they made a decision, but because they left their place of residency, they went right back to it? See, I believe that God is, oh, I feel this. God is saying some of you got to delete some phone numbers. God is saying some of you got to delete some contacts. Some of you got to move some people out of your life. This is why I try to teach our teenagers, don't tell me that you got set free from drugs, but you're leaving some more in your bedroom. Don't tell me that you're just going to be free the rest of your life because if it's still in your room and you're not willing to get rid of it, it's still got a stronghold over your life. It, it's still going to be there. And so you might think that you're free now because the, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But you only stay free if you choose to be free. You only stay free. You only leave this place if you don't come back to it. So don't leave them. Some of you have mat coworkers. Some of you have, have, have mat problems and patterns. And you got to get rid of the mat. See, if you don't want to go back to it, then you got to remove it. See, Jesus was very smart in this because he was saying, you've laid here for 38 years. If you really want to be free, you got to get rid of the mat. And also, in the, in, in the same breath, he got rid of the mat because the man who had been carried by this thing was now carrying it. He rolled up the mat. And he put it in his arms, and the man who could never walk began walking. And they said, who's that man that's walking over there? Is that the man with the mat? 
is that the man that got carried in every single day? What, what is it? What is, he looks like he's got a little bit of a skip. He's, he's starting to hop. He's starting to dance. Is that the man with the mat? I thought he got carried in every single day. Yeah, but now he's got a testimony with him. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I, I once was on drugs, but now, see, look, at I got my mat with me because I don't go back to that place anymore. I just carried around so that you can know how good my God is, so that you can know how able he is that my God held he healed me in this moment and so this this man this man is walking around with this mat and everybody around him is he's a walking testimony now it, not only did he get rid of the residency of this place but now he's carrying it with him and he's saying look at look I, I, I got some scars from this I got some battle wounds yeah I used to be hooked on drugs yeah I used to gamble yeah I, I, I used to be this place but but I don't lay on that thing anymore but I carry it around as a testimony for somebody else. Yeah, I got some scars on my knuckles because I used to fight, but now I raise these hands and I worship God with them. Your mat is a testimony because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our. And the last thing is this, it, it's time to walk away. See, because you can't go back to the place, you got to leave it. You got to leave it today. Some of you, You've never actually walked with Jesus before. I just believe that as I'm getting ready to close this service, I just believe that there are a few people in this room, maybe 10, maybe 20, maybe more, maybe even on the patio or streaming in the youth room right now, and you've actually never given your life to Jesus. And maybe you would say, honestly, Pastor, I, I, I don't follow Jesus. I've believed in a counterfeit my entire life, and I'm ready to make a decision I don't need another moment to convince me that God is real. I just need to make a decision to believe in him. I just need to step in to what God has for me. I want him to take the pen and rewrite my story. I, I, I need it to be rewritten today. And so I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I just want you to shoot your hand as a pastor. I want to connect with you. But more than a pastor, as a friend and a brother in Christ, I want to connect with you. I want to celebrate you. And as hands come up, we're going to wait to clap until after we pray. And then we're going to celebrate and we're going to shout. And so I just want every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you're ready to make a decision today, I want you to raise your hand. One, Jesus loves you so much he came to your story. Two, you don't have to stay stuck any longer. Let him take the pen and rewrite it. Three, raise your hand in this place. Beautiful, I see hands. That's amazing. A few hands over here, wonderful. It's amazing, I'm so excited. We're gonna pray a prayer right now. Would you just say something like this? Just say, Jesus, thank you for choosing me, for saving me. Thank you for coming and meeting with me. I repent and ask for your forgiveness for where I've chose a counterfeit instead of you. So right now, would you walk with me? Teach me. I'm yours from this day forward. And everybody said, Amen. Can we celebrate those who gave their life to the Lord? Oh, come on. We could do better than that. People just came to know the living God today. The dead are now alive in Jesus' name. That's incredible. Well, church family, we're closing out the service. If you need prayer, our prayer team will be up here in the front. If not, have a blessed Sunday. Joining us today, we hope you've had a wonderful experience at Centerpoint. If you're new with us, we'd love